Thanks for joining us today on RV Tech Talk, a podcast produced by the National RV Training Academy that is devoted to discussing ways to keep RVs in tip-top shape and ways to make money fixing or inspecting recreation vehicles. My name is Greg Gerber, your host for today's show. Today, we'll be speaking with a full-time RVer who not only inspects recreation vehicles, but he has developed a side business to help market other companies. A few years ago, David Russell and his wife were contemplating buying an RV. So they sought advice in online forums where a few people recommended hiring someone to evaluate the unit they were considering. So they hired an RV inspector. David quizzed him about his business before and after the evaluation took place. David was intrigued by the idea of inspecting RVs because it was somewhat related to his naval career where he carried out inspections on board a submarine. After the inspector David hired uncovered some potentially expensive issues, he saw RV inspections as a business opportunity for him to help other people. Eventually, David and his wife purchased a 40-foot motorhome with four slide-outs. They originally intended to travel full-time, but now simply live in their motorhome parked close to their oldest daughter in Vero Beach, Florida. David also knew it would be easier for him to market his business and establish a reputation by focusing on one local area. He still travels, such as visiting his youngest daughter in Oklahoma City for several months when she was expecting her first child. They financed that excursion by completing several inspections in Oklahoma. David specializes in Class A motorhomes, but still inspects fifth wheels and occasionally travel trailers as well. In his first year of business, David averaged one inspection every week. Although his first inspection took nearly 20 hours to complete, as a self-described process junkie, David has fine-tuned his productivity to be able to get more done in much less time. It helps that his wife assists him with inspections by focusing on interiors while he evaluates the RV's exterior. To tell us more about his inspection business and the processes he set up to do them efficiently, Please welcome David Russell, the founder of RV Shepherd, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, David. I appreciate your time. What prompted you to get into RV inspections? Really, it was my experience with an RV inspector. I'm retired Navy and I was a technician my whole life in electronics, communications, computer networking, that kind of stuff. And we Probably like a lot of people, we found out about certified RV inspections just through the grapevine on social media. You're in some of the RV groups and they say, oh, you should consider getting an inspection. And my intent at the time was to go the RV technician route. So I was already familiarizing myself with the, the industry and RV technicians and things like that. But so through some of that encouragement from people on Facebook and stuff like that, we decided to get an inspection. And we found an RV that we thought was the one and we did the deposit and agree to buy contingent upon an inspection. And the gentleman we hired to do the inspection, we, we spent some time talking with him at the beginning. And then again, at the end, of course, follow up and stuff, but uh, talking with him, also asking him about his business and how is it being an inspector? And I'm thinking about going to be a technician and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, our interaction was really great. And he said, you might consider being an inspector. One, because also a big part of my naval career, as you advance, you become less of the, uh, the worker bee and more of the supervisor. And so a big part of my work in the military towards my last five, six, seven years, I did a lot of inspections. 
going down, making sure that the, the guys on the submarine are doing all the things that they're supposed to do and coaching them if they're not on how to do it right or better or whatever the case may be. But a lot of it was that encouragement from him and then seeing what he did because he ended up saving us from what was potentially, I mean, I'll never really know for sure, but was potentially a bad purchase. And so we ended up, the results of that inspection gave us enough red flags, which I know that's not the goal of an inspection, but it did give us the information we needed to make the best decision for us. And, and so we, we decided not to buy that RV and the guy went, a lot of it had to do with the fluid samples and he went and had his rig looked at. And I don't know what happened after that, but that became the impetus for us pursuing the inspection route, as opposed to me being a technician. That's a great story. And I understand you are now a full-time RVer. Do you yes. do inspections wherever you travel? We do. However, we, we don't travel as much as we initially planned. <laughs> we, a lot of it, a lot of people know we're in a class, a motor coach, 40 foot, four slides, a big beast of a thing, which is a lot of fun to drive. Everybody gets out of your way, but fuel costs over the last year, this thing gets eight miles to the gallon. And so gas diesel was pushing up 550, almost six bucks. And I was telling my wife, I was like, if diesel gets up to eight bucks, it's going to cost us a dollar for every mile we want to drive. Wow. And, and so we decided to intentionally stay put here in the Vero Beach area that we're near our oldest daughter and her husband, and they have two kids now. So there's also that grandparent pool. But we decided just to stay put and focus on growing our business in an area where we could, you know, kind of put down some roots, but also develop a reputation, get some, you get people who know about you and things like that. In my background in marketing also, it's easier to market yourself in a local area. It's more difficult to do that when you're bouncing around a lot. But yeah, so we decided to stay put more, although it doesn't mean we don't move at all. We've, we've gone on trips. We've gone up to the Space Force base for the, we missed it because it got canceled several times, but the, the Artemis launch, the big rocket launch last year, and then went up to Charleston for a while. But recently, that's one thing I do like about this business is that we can take it with us. We were in Oklahoma City for two months because our youngest daughter was having her first child. And so we were able to be there about a month, a month and a week or so before she had the baby there while she had the baby and stayed for several weeks after the baby. So we, and we did several inspections while we were there. And so that was nice to be able to be mobile if we want to be. So that was nice. When did you go through training then? If you got your RV in 2021? Yeah, we actually went right after that. We, we finished up schooling. I, if you were out and about during that time, you'll remember the snowpocalypse of 2022 when the freezing, <laughs> Went all the way down into mid-Texas or so, I think. And we're, we were in Athens at the National RV Training Academy, the Big Red Schoolhouse. And we were there. It was very cold. But that was, so that was February, mostly like late February, early March of 2022. Because I remember my very first inspection was March 22nd of 22. My first one out of school. Oh, yeah. Cool. And was that in Florida? Yeah, that was here in Florida. Really interesting one, it took me forever. My very first one, I think, I think total clocked hours, whether it's research, doing the report or actually on site was something like 20 hours or something like that. And 
it was an hour away from us. And I also, it got dark on me. And so I had, I told the client I needed to, or the owner that I was going to leave, but I was going to come back the next day and check a few things that I really just, I needed. I also, I think I was, I was at the point where my brain wasn't functioning anymore. I was like, I just, I need to call it off, even if that means driving back. And then when I drove back, the things I had to check didn't take me any time at all. I was like, I guess I could have done them the night before. There's, there's that learning process of doing that. But it was interesting because I was really surprised. Someone from Idaho hired me to inspect that RV that they had never even personally seen themselves. I was totally their eyes on target as to whether or not they wanted to proceed with that purchase. And then after that inspection, they did buy it. They paid someone to hook it up and transport. The first time they saw it is when it pulled into their driveway in Idaho. I thought, wow, that, that is really surprising. A lot of trust in you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, a lot of trust in me. Yeah, absolutely. What stood out most about the training that you received? I would say first, it, this goes for most people, but specifically the the inspector training was the amount of energy that Howard has as an instructor. So all the instructors at the NRVTA were really good. Most people know or have seen Todd, the big bearded Todd guy. He's very dynamic as well. The, the other, I didn't go through any of the other specific tech classes, but a lot of those instructors were out during the fundamentals class while we did like labs, we'd go over and we'd test something on a, on an air conditioning unit or another time we'd do something with an RV refrigerator so that that fundamentals class, so you can get a little more basic knowledge about how things on an RV work. All the instructors really were, they were just phenomenal. They were super knowledgeable, very engaging. I think both because Todd taught my fundamentals class, Howard taught my inspectors class. And, and I just say, I even hate to say it this way. I was going to say Howard for his age, I don't even know how old he is, but I can't help but hope that I have that much energy when I'm his age. I think he's probably 10 years older than me or so. I'm 52. So I'm just guessing. I don't know. Sorry, Howard, if you hear this and I'm way off base, but, but he always made class interesting. Even when we we're tired, I think second to that, like I mentioned, would be all the hands-on portions of the classes that you know, what I described there, but also even in the inspector's class, one of the manufacturers brought and left an RV at the NRVTA for us to use as a training tool. I, I, if I remember right, I think it was a fifth wheel or is a really big travel trailer, but I think it was a fifth wheel. And I remember us going outside several times and us climbing all over it, doing our thing and Howard pointing things out and us asking questions and so you had that right there in front of you. So the, I think that hands-on portion was really good. And third, specifically to the inspector's part, would be the practice inspections. So in the course of the, of the class, you have to do two full inspections. And so typically one of those was your own rig. And then another one you'd want to do on a different RV type. So if you're in a motorized vehicle, you'd, your other one would be on a towable vehicle or a towable RV of some sort. And so doing that, we also worked in teams and Howard would make the rounds and come check on us and answer questions and point out things that maybe we were missing. And then also what was really neat is making lifelong friends with the people that were in our team because we, we'd go to dinner together. We didn't have a lot of time because class was like, we were like, I think it was like seven or seven thirty. we started 
and we weren't done till five or five thirty, and then we had homework. It was the inspector's class was two, two diligent, focused weeks <laughs> of learning. It was no small task. That's a great story. Do you specialize in a one particular kind of RV to inspect, or do you do any kind of RV? Yeah, we do any kind of RV, but typically we focus more on class A's. I would almost say we probably focus more just on motorized. We do plenty of fifth wheels. I don't, we don't do nearly as many travel trailers, but I also think you get into that, how much the RV costs versus how much you're paying for an inspection and everybody weighing out that, that value there, but definitely in the motorized and some of it too, with us being in a class A full time, we live the motorized RV life every single day. And so we have a lot of insight. It's probably one of the good selling points too. When people call me, I'm like, not only am I an RV inspector, but I stayed in an RV last night and the <laughs> night before and the night before that I live in one. So I think that's some of what, what, what puts us in that avenue to be more experienced with the class A's because that's what we have. How many inspections have you completed since you started your business? I've been, I honestly haven't counted this year. I know so far this year, it's been a tiny bit slower here in 2023. It's hard to always tell how much of that is economically driven, housing market, not housing market. Housing prices are up. So does that mean more people are buying RVs or interest rates are up? So maybe people aren't buying RVs or I don't know. It's hard to tell, but, uh, but I do know our first year, our first 12 months, we averaged 52. It was really neat. When I got to the end of the 12 calendar years, of course, I'm going back. I want to track our business and see how we're doing. And we did 52. So we averaged one a week, our first 12 months in business. Now they were slower. Like we had some weeks where we did two. We had a few weeks where we did three and it certainly slowed down. We're here in Florida. When you start getting past October into November, some of that I don't think the selling season slows down as much in Florida because it's always warm, but there's this influx of snowbird inspectors. So all of a sudden there's more inspectors in the area to pick from. And so I think that slows down business a little bit. And then you see it start to pick up in the spring. But yeah, but 52 that first year. And I'd say we're we're pretty close because we this week's going to be a three inspection week. Last week we did, I think we did two last week. So we, this month we've been pretty busy. So I would guess we'll probably get pretty close to that same average. By doing more inspections, has the time to complete an inspection dropped from 20 hours? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm also a bit of a process junkie and efficiency junkie. I like finding the most efficient way to do things. And so I've, I've just worked, part of working on the business is figuring out how can I how can I squeeze more productivity out of the same amount of time? And a lot of that has to do with the processes about how you go about doing that. But it's also helped, <laughs> this is the biggest help, is that my wife helps me. I was, again, I was a sailor for 20 years. She's the perfect military wife, independent, strong, smart. We always laugh that it's like, she doesn't really need me, but she loves me and I love her. So we keep each other around. She's very capable on her own and all my time being deployed in the military. I was gone for, from home for nine years of that 20. She raised three kids. They're all wonderful, fine, outstanding citizens today. She's, you know, homemaker extreme. She takes care of a lot of the interior inspection because she's, she has the eye, she has the eye for things that are messed up inside that I don't even see. 
And so you really get a better deal there. And while I'm crawling around on the outside, on the roof and the sidewalls and the slide outs and things like that, we also use radios. That's an efficiency thing. So I can click the radio and say, I'm ready for slide outs and she'll go, okay. And so she'll run them in and out. And so I can watch the mechanics and stuff. And so by the time I'm done with a lot of that outside stuff, she's done with the inside. And I come in then and do some of the more technical, like a propane leak test or a I'm the one who looks inside the circuit breaker panel and does the inspection inside there and stuff like it. So I'll come in towards the end of the inspection and do some of the more technical type things while she's packing up our stuff and getting us ready to go. So that saves us a, a lot of time by having two people on site. And you're also getting another set of eyes that's able to look at what's going on in the RV. Is your wife certified as well? She is not. We went through David's school of training. I had her do a, an inspection of our RV and I did it just like Howard did with, did it first with the paper, trained her on the paper and how to do it and taught her the things a lot of it just comes naturally to her anyway. And then, then I taught her on the, how to do it on the software. So she's got a laptop in there and she's taking pictures and clicking things and she's just got a, a really great eye for it. And then we sit down and have a conversation before we leave about anything that she's seen that she might have a question about, or it's just wonderful that we get to do this together because most people, not everybody, but most people who do RVing, do it with somebody else. It's a teamwork kind of thing. And so we enjoy bringing that aspect to the inspection business as well. I don't think it's required that the wife be cert no. certified as well, as long as you who are signing the final report are certified. Exactly. Yeah. That's hundred percent true. Yeah. How do you price your inspections? Do you have a special formula that you follow? There's not a hard formula. I will say starting off, I was having some trouble. I wasn't getting a lot of traction. Like I got one inspection and then I didn't get another inspection for six weeks. And I was like, well, if this is the way it's going to go, <laughs> then we might have a problem. And so what was great is I reached out to some other inspectors. We have a Facebook group that we're all part of. So we're able to ask questions to each other. And I posted on there, is anybody else seeing this or whatever? And it was great. I had several two or three seasoned guys that have been in business two or three, four years reach out to me like in a private message send me their phone number and say, hey, let's talk or whatever. And so I got on the phone with them and what I was getting was the same advice from several of them is you may need to lower your prices initially to just get some traction, get five or 10 under your belt. That's also going to boost your confidence. And I remember my wife saying later after those five or 10, she goes, yeah, she goes, I can tell when you're talking to somebody, you are so much more confident than you were when we first started. And there's something to say for that experience of now I can say for sure, it's not just, I was trained on this and I'm confident in my ability to do this that I've only done a couple of times. Now I've done it a bunch of times. So I'm confident because I've done it. But otherwise the formula it, it's, there's not a hard formula, but it's just this one. I slowly raised my prices until I felt like I was getting to this threshold because a lot of it's, it is, I guess you just say competition driven. You got other inspectors in your area. What are they charging? And different regions of the country will pull, you get into the kind of the Austin, Texas area that I don't know why though you're going to get a higher, you're going to get a higher value, a higher dollar amount for your inspection than you are in another area that's more congested and there's more competition. But also there's this like magic number that I try and it's definitely not a hard, it's not a hard line, but I like to, if I can try to stay under 1% of the purchase price. If you're spending a thousand dollars 
to make sure you're not making a hundred thousand dollar mistake. That's one percent. That's a pretty good deal. It's an I outstanding think. formula. Yeah. Yeah. So that's generally now, granted, I've done plenty of three hundred and fifty thousand dollar RV inspections. I don't charge three thousand dollars for those. But uh, but that's but and I've done just the same thing too. I've done I've had an inspection on an RV that was seventy five thousand dollars. And I'm maybe I was charging nine fifty or nine seventy five at the time. It doesn't always work, but it's a it's a rule of thumb that I game for. It's easy to sell it, I should say. It's easy to sell it if that's if that's where your price is. Sure. Are there any big expenses that you've incurred that kind of offset that income? The biggest expenses certainly is is the schooling. That's probably the biggest one. I don't remember the exact dollar amount. I'm, I might be way off on this, so don't quote me on this. But I think somewhere in the neighborhood of five thousand dollars. But that may have been schooling and an RV spot and gas to get there and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. So there is that kind of big upfront cost, and then your tools. Your tools are maybe five hundred dollars. You'll probably decide to add a few more as you get more experience or you learn about other tools that are going to make your job more efficient. Certainly worth it. But otherwise, it, the recurring no matter what one is just fuel. <laughs> driving, depending on how far you're driving, there's a fuel cost no matter what. But if you drive further, you might, this day and age, you might spend 40 bucks in fuel if you drive an hour and a half somewhere and back to do an inspection. But I would say other than that, the biggest expense, and it's not even really huge, depends on how you look at it, is actually marketing. And not that marketing, I'm trying to think of like, how do I say this and not get myself in trouble? But a lot of it just has to do with taxes. When I have a CPA that gives me guidance and advice, things like that for my taxes and for conducting my business on a financial level and things like that. And there's lots of things, which is nice as I'm also a content creator. So I have a YouTube channel you can go to YouTube and search RV Shepherd is the name of my business, facebook.com slash RV Shepherd. I think I'm on Instagram too, but either way. When you, when that avenue is part of your marketing efforts, almost anything you buy that becomes part of a video becomes a marketing expense. I changed out my fluorescent lights in my RV for LED lights. Well, I was able to write off the cost of those LED lights as a marketing expense because I shot a how-to video on how to do it, which is directly related to my RV business. And that's it. It's a, it's a weird kind of a yin yang thing because it's not like there's no benefit for me because now I have LED lights in my RV. And so that's a benefit for me, but there is a cost offset that is allowed in taxes. I would never cheat on my taxes, but I want to take full advantage of what legally is available to me in filing my taxes. So I do that. It's a perk for people who own businesses and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's just one yeah. of those things. Yeah. You've got a lot of risk. You're putting your money out there to build a business and you're taking advantage of every legal tax deduction you can. There's yeah. no shame in that at all. Absolutely. Good yeah. for you. So is there enough demand in your market for inspectors? I would imagine being in Florida, there is. Well, honestly, I think there's not. And a lot of this, and again, I want to be doom and gloom, but I think this is more speaking towards the awareness of RV inspectors. The concept that an RV inspection is even a thing. When it comes to housing, you know, a house inspection, when you're going to buy a house, everybody knows about that. A lot of that's because most, most uh, lenders, probably all lenders require an inspection before they're going to lend money on that house. And, but you look at these RVs, so many of them, 
cost almost as much as a house does anyway. You're spending a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, and a lot of people are financing them. I understand there's a couple of lenders who are starting to require it. But again, it's not this universal. That's just the way it is everywhere that most people are used to. And so because of that, and here, I think here too is why I say there's not maybe enough demand. This is all very anecdotal. This is not very concrete scientific research, but the, the two dealerships near me, there's a La Mesa dealership and a camping world within about 20, 25 minutes of me. And they sell about a hundred units per month. And I know between me and the other inspector that's near me that we run into each other at the La Mesa all the time. It's funny. But between the two of us, we're inspecting less than 5% of those a month. So just looking, and that doesn't count private sales. It's hard to gauge private sales. I'm just looking at the dealership where I can say, well, there's about a hundred a month from each one. And together, me and this other guy are inspecting about something less than 5%. Then that's the only reason why I say there's definitely a lot more opportunity I can't tell you how many times I've had someone tell me, I wish I had known about you specifically, or I wish I would have known about RV inspections before I bought this RV. I could have got a lot of this stuff fixed before I ever drove away from the dealership or whatever. And so I hear that quite a bit. There's still a big learning curve appears to get the consumers aware of the need for inspections and the benefits of having them. But I think yeah. it's coming around. I see it in the Facebook groups. I see people mentioning it, but it's the word of mouth snowball that you're relying on right now to get around, but it, it is getting better. Yeah. When you first started your business, how did you get your first customers? And has that changed now in the way that you're marketing oh, your services? Yeah, hundred percent changed. At first I was, I was a hundred percent reliant upon the, the NRVIA locator pin for listeners who may or may not know. You can go to nrvia.org and there's a big button that says, find an inspector. When you click it and you type in your city and state where you are or where the RV is, and it'll bring up a list of RV inspectors who are near there. And then you can, you can just call them. And somewhere around there, I've built myself a website, the website hung out or whatever. But yeah, for the first, you know, probably six months or so, maybe a little bit less, I was really dependent upon that pen was the thing that was going to bring me any business that I was going to get. But tapping into my, my IT background from the Navy and a bunch of marketing stuff that I did in school and stuff that I did when I was in ministry, I said, I need to market myself. I can't just rely on somebody else. Not that they don't do a great job. I can't rely on somebody else to be as interested in my business as I am. And so I just set out to build out my marketing. I have a consulting business that does business consulting and marketing as well. So I kind of have two businesses because... If you're only doing one inspection a week, that means I've got four days a week that I've got other things. I've, got, I've still got energy. I've still got things I can do in the world. And so I just brought my knowledge and that to bear in my own business through, I don't want to get crazy technical, but search engine optimization of my website, of my Google business listing, getting reviews. And what I call it in my consulting business is getting reviews that help you get noticed on search results because there's things you can do to, to get high quality reviews. And so for a guy that's been in business a little over a year, I've got 18 five-star reviews, which helps people trust me when they're looking for an inspector. They say, oh, he's done a good job with all these other people. 
So they're much more likely to hire me. But so now I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 80% of my phone calls comes directly from a Google search. They Google search and my name pops up at the top or near the top and they just pick up the phone and call me. And I always ask them, where'd you find me? I just did a Google search and RV Shepherd came up first. Probably a good 80% of my calls come from my direct marketing efforts with search results. That's awesome. Have you encountered any challenges in this business that kind of caught you off guard? These are really minor. As an inspector, if the owner of the RV, who's typically the seller, <laughs> is around and hovering and hopefully they're not hiding anything or trying to try to sell a lemon just to offload it or whatever. And I don't, I have never gotten that feeling before, but owners who are a little more nervous and who may be around a little bit more during an inspection, because typically we're just left to our own. I just say, give me a set of keys and I'll call you when I get close to done. If I need to meet back up with them to give them the keys back. And usually we're on our own, but I've had owners say, when I do something with a piece of test equipment and it tells me that this is wrong and they say, oh, it's probably your test equipment. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not because it worked here and here. And now it says it's bad. And if I go test something else, it says it's good. It's not my test equipment. That's one. You get the owner that wants to deflect anything that might not be perfect. It's funny. One of the things on my website at the very top, it has this big number, 500,000. There's 500,000 new RVs sold in the United States every year. The, the number's not quite that, but I just went with the ballpark. I said, and the one thing they all have in common, whether new or used, is that they all have something wrong with them. It doesn't mean they're not good products or whatever. It's just, it's a very complicated system with a very complicated process. So the other problem or challenge that I've run into is you find something that's wrong you pass that on to your client in your report. Your client passes it on usually to a, to a dealer. And the technicians at the dealership say, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. And so the client comes back to me and says, they say that's the way it's supposed to be. What I do is I call the manufacturer. And pretty much what I found, it may not always be true, but it seems like every manufacturer has a person who is the lead person for that model of RV. So if you've got a, a Tiffin Phaeton, there's a guy that's in, like generally in charge of the production of Tiffin Phaetons. And so usually I can get in contact with that person. I'll say, hey, my name's David. I'm an inspector. I'm doing an inspection on this RV, blah, 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 blah. I even email them pictures and this is what I'm seeing. And I flagged it as not right. And the dealership's telling my client that that's the way it's supposed to be. Can you provide clarification. Am I misunderstanding something maybe through the great training by Howard and those guys at the NRVTA or dumb luck? <laughs> I've been right so far hundred percent of the time. One was like a sweep seal on a slide out on the top of a slide out wasn't even touching. It was like a half inch above the slide out when it was all the way out. And the dealership's telling this young lady who's buying this travel trailer, that's what it's supposed to be. And the manufacturer tells me, no, I said, can you do me a favor and put that in an email and send it to me. And so then I forward it to the client, forwards it to the dealership and the dealership says, okay, we'll fix it. And then they fix it. But that, I found that again, I've only encountered that a handful of times, but I'm, I'm not completely surprised, but I'm still somewhat surprised that I encounter that. I think you can update your website because we have been telling people forever that there are approximately 1,300 new RVs sold every day. 
And oh. according to statistics that were released by statistical surveys, which is used by the RV industry to track used RV sales, there are 2,000 used RVs sold every day. So that's 3,300 RVs every day that could use yeah. an inspection. Yeah. That's a big number. If you had to start your business over today, is there anything that you would do differently? Getting back to my marketing mindset is that my business name might be different because it's easier to get at the top of Google search results if the phrase that people are looking for is part of your business name. That's why actually my Google listing says RV Shepherd dash certified RV inspections because people search for RV inspector near me or RV inspection near me or RV inspection in whatever city and state. And the more things that match up with that, the, the higher you're going to show up on the search results. And so that's one thing it's, man, I wish I could talk to some of these guys and girls who are going through class or who are deciding to go through school. I wish I could talk to them before they choose their business name <laughs> and coach them on that to say, Hey, if you make if don't get emotionally involved in your business name. Do the thing that's going to do the best for getting you found because that's what's going to drive your business. Most people don't get too emotional. They get emotional when there's money involved. Oh, if I'd known I could get an extra inspection or two a month just by changing my business name or having picked a different business name than I would. But I've made such a name for myself now that I'm not going to change it. <laughs> Maybe I'm too emotionally involved. That's a very good point, though, that people don't really consider that business name. And then right. it's complicated because you want to have the business name that matches the web address and things like right. that. It is a complicated process to select a business name. It is. What advice would you consider to somebody who is thinking about becoming an RV inspector? Well, one, I would say you're getting into something that is rewarding. I do. I really, that's why I have my my business consulting and marketing company. That's why I do RV inspections. Cause I, I just love, I love helping people. I really do. I was in the military for 20 years. I was in ministry for 10 years. I just have this knack for, I just love helping people. So in that sense, it is very rewarding to know that I am genuinely helping somebody make the best decision they can make on a purchase that is not insignificant. And so I, I enjoy that everybody wants to make a difference in the world. And so in this avenue, I feel like I'm really making a difference. The other piece of advice I think I would give a, a future inspector is to, to plan and expect it to start slower than you want it. I think I, I was certainly guilty of this. I think a lot of people are, we kind of, we're going to go through school. We're going to graduate. They're going to turn our pen on. And somebody's going to call me and then somebody's going to call me after that. And somebody's going to call me after that. And it, it's just not that it's not that automatic. Your pen does get turned on and yeah, I got a call. That first inspection was in a, within a week and a half of getting out of school, but then I didn't get another one for six weeks. And that's totally going to be situational. It's going to be different depending on your area and a lot of other factors. It's kind of one of those things better to plan for it to not go super fast and be disappointed because it went faster than I expected. I got more clients than I expected. I'm so disappointed. I don't think anybody's ever said that. It's better to be on that side than to, to think that I'm going to get an inspection every single week straight out of school and then you don't. 
and maybe you're you haven't budgeted for that scenario. That's yeah. That, that's very good. Yeah. How could people get in touch with you if they wanted to contact you either to get an inspection or to talk about business? The best place is just go to the uh, my website rvshepherd.com. I've even got my phone numbers on there or you can click a button and there's a Calendly link if you want to schedule a phone call with me on another time. It I love that because it helps me deconflict things on my calendar. But that's probably the best place. I'm certainly glad to talk about anything RV or business related. Otherwise would be my consulting company website, which is greaterthanconsulting.com. Greaterthanconsulting.com is where I funnel all my, most of my business type stuff through as far as business coaching and marketing efforts. But either one of those, rvshepherd.com is certainly good. That's excellent. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate the time. You provided a wealth of information today and a lot of inspiration, I think, to people who are looking for an inspector and people who want to get into this business to be an inspector. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I enjoyed speaking with David Russell, the founder of RV Shepherd, about his experience setting up a business and completing an average of one inspection a week during his first year. Yet, when he first started out, David had a six-week gap between inspections. But when he described his difficulty in the private Facebook group for inspectors, several seasoned business owners reached out to him with valuable advice. As a content creator, David has produced several YouTube videos to promote his business but he thinks more can be done to promote the need for RV inspections. David noted that he and the other inspector in his area evaluate less than 5% of RVs being sold at two large dealerships every month. When he started his business, David was relying on the locator service at the National RV Inspectors Association's website to generate leads from potential RV buyers. By tapping into his Navy and ministry experience, David began marketing himself as well. He improved the search engine optimization of his website, tweaked his Google business listing, and sought high-quality reviews from previous customers. Today, nearly 80% of his business comes directly from people searching Google for inspectors in his area. He offered some excellent advice for inspectors who try to create inventive names for their companies. David explained it's easier to get to the top of search results if the phrase people are looking for is incorporated into the business name. For that reason, he tweaked his business name on his Google listing from RV Shepherd to RV Shepherd-RV Inspection Services. David addressed two challenges he faces. One comes from current owners who try to blame test equipment for anything that indicates an RV might not be perfect. The second challenge is from RV dealership technicians who tell buyers that's the way it's supposed to be whenever David uncovers a problem. So by calling the RV manufacturer for clarification, so far, David has been right 100% of the time. People who are interested in David's inspection business can connect with him at www.rvshepherd.com. RV inspectors or technicians who would like help marketing their businesses or setting up a website can connect with David at www.greaterthanconsulting.com. Today's episode was sponsored by the National RV Training Academy in Athens, Texas. The Academy's one-week live training or home study course will teach you everything you need to know about how to fix 80% of the problems people experience with their RVs. 
You can also sign up for additional training to become an RV inspector, campground technician, or to provide mobile RV service. For more information, visit www.nrvta.com. That's all I have for this week's show. Next time, I'll be interviewing a couple who are NRVIA Master Certified Inspectors who also operate a business connecting inspectors and technicians with RV buyers and RV owners. I'll have that interview on the next episode of RV Tech Talk. Thank you for listening.